doing my thing, you know? Tell me the truth. Do you like watermelon? Yeah, I, I, I like watermelon. You like it a lot? I do. I like watermelon. I like it. I like watermelon. He likes watermelon. Of course you like it, because it's delicious. Right. Why wouldn't you like it? Thank you. You know what? Get yourself a watermelon on me. I will. And you know what else? I love gefilte fish. Yeah, you heard me. Gefilte fish. And I'm going to have it with a smear of cream cheese on a bagel. And I might even have some herring. And that's OK, too. Ring up that watermelon. Ring up the gefilte fish. Got it. OK, we're live. Everyone's consented to record themselves. And we're up. It's the most wonderful part of the year. There'll be lots of curb talking. Greg Ott is co-starring, and Greg Rod is here. It's the two two hundredth episode of the pod. That's improv. All right, that's the jingo. Uh, we're Matt and Bob. We're here to pod. It's the analysis. Bob, it's the two hundredth episode. How you feeling? Cheers, my friend. Hey, cheers. cheers. And like Larry says, I see you. I acknowledge you. I don't know the rest of the bit, but remember they had Thank to make eye contact. Thank you for your service. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, me- Cheers to 200 episodes, and we've got our favorite and most special guest, our first guest ever, Greg Snot. Yeah. Hey, welcome in, Greg. Thank you. It's Ots, but thank you so much. Greg Ott. That's correct. Uh, we'll fix that in post. Uh, yeah. So back when this show was a Dice Clay episode <laughs> review show, the exclusively three of us- Dice Clay episode <laughs> reviews. Been a, come a long way, 200 episodes. We've interviewed um, Oscar winners. Uh, yeah, writers. <laughs> uh, 200, 200 episodes. That's more than the latest, if, if I'm not mistaken. I, I believe it's more than the Dice Clay show. I think that lasted uh, outlasted you by 195 episodes, or <laughs> maybe, maybe fewer than that. But. Our breakdowns were longer than the episodes of a show nobody watched. Um, we've come a long way. Uh, it's happy to have you back on for the uh, the 200th episode. Thank you for Spectacular. having me. Let me ask you a question here. Mm. Uh, what's more exciting, uh, mm. the 200th episode of the analysis or okay. Home and Auto Bundle Extravifesta Save-a-thon? Well, I couldn't understand what you just said, so I'm going to have to go with the, uh, the former. <laughs> the correct answer. 200 right, episodes, well, it's a milestone. You know, most people abandon their podcast after, you know, 10 to 15 episodes. You guys made it uh let's go on the disc lack yeah, of interest yeah. yeah let's keep going greg formerly of the latest you now produce uh horse jumping videos for cracked um <laughs> yeah, we're excited to have you on uh so we're all big fans of curb what's what, what do you guys think and greg you're our curb your enthusiasm uh correspondent uh how's how's the season been going so far what season do you guys 11. think i i it's a it's a good return to form because it's been a while uh it is as curb as it ever was, um, for for good or for bad, we, uh, my wife and I, actually started watching, rewatching the the old episodes, starting with season one, maybe, maybe like three or four months ago, like knowing the season oh, really? was coming back to kind of get into it. I'd forgotten how strange the show was at first. Like it was definitely mm-hmm. not as. It reminds me of like how Seinfeld went from kind of grounded New York, you know, comedian ish thing to this whole like completely wacky thing by the last season and that's kind of how i felt watching this, these newer seasons which are still very funny and yet so implausible and ridiculous that i don't know it's fun watching the journey 
Seinfeld four. Wait, so you think the early episodes were more wackier or no, no more ground like like in oh, Seinfeld more episodes yeah, in Seinfeld. where it's like you know they're literally talking about you know copying baseball cards or whatever. Early yeah. Curb really is like rich guy doesn't know how to behave in society. Now it's like in the nth yeah. degree. It's like here's here are the most unrelatable problems at a exclusive country club for rich people. Like Wait, it's you've so never had silly. to you've never had to take a Klansman's robe into a dry cleaner, Greg. <laughs> yeah, and, and, shame. And, <laughs> and and treating the man as if he were just like a, yeah. a good honest guy. Like he wouldn't have a problem talking to it. A Jewish guy, like it was such a silly, like that's what, what man, that's- what man, what clans, man. <laughs> so, what, like you were saying, Greg, the early seasons of Curb, and I can't remember where it makes this switch, but it used to be Larry was kind of the same one, and everyone around him was wacky, and now Larry is definitely the insane one. Like he's the one driving all the insanity. Absolutely, and that's I think that's kind of again it reminds me of Seinfeld, like it was reacting to the the insanity of New York versus Kramer bringing in all these wacky characters because he had a, a really harebrained idea. He wasn't just some shut-in. If you remember, like, in early ones where he was, like, yeah. a bathrobe, he never left the house. And then, yeah, and then the, he becomes this hipster. He Yeah, there's <laughs> there's this transition because he's almost, like, borderline homeless in the, in the yeah. early seasons because I've been re-watching because of Netflix, mm-hmm. the early Seinfelds, and you're like, oh, this is definitely a much different vibe than I remember. Yeah, like a dude who never leaves the building is different than a guy who is the man about town. Everybody on the block or the neighborhood knows. And I yeah, that's where I think Curb is kind of landed from like obscure. No, like he's always asking people like, hey, you ever heard of Seinfeld? Like, hey, you ever watched Seinfeld? Like he kind of name drops a little bit. And now in the show, it's like he's very obviously incredibly well known. And I think just with a the amount of time he's been on the air, like he has become a figure, like way more of a figure than he was when the show started. Uh, and now it's a, it's that again, that taken to the nth degree where it's like, I am a rich man. You all know, and I am going to cause all sorts of silly problems. Do you think in the, in the world of curb that, that Kirby enthusiasm fame exists? Um, oh, in terms of, well, yeah, right. Cause like, I mean, he did all, like little, like young Larry, all these shows don't really <laughs> exist. Uh, the, the, the Seinfeld reunion, uh, on the show he it's kind of mm. semi-meta so i wonder if like his his growth and prominence where people he's more recognizable although we don't really see too much outside interactions mostly just like him battling within with his the, circle of friends yeah. within his circle and Susie uh and Richard. trying to get the lobster at a country club from a <laughs> widow the widower she's a fake <laughs> widower yeah yeah, I don't know. I, I I think I think the extent to which he has become a bigger public figure in society, it's like, okay, we all know him way more than like when the show first came out. It's like, oh, I guess the guy who created Seinfeld started a show. I think as the show has become more of a real like cultural icon, he has become more of a cultural icon and the show is leaning into that identity more. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, okay, we all kind of know this bit. It's no longer him having to like eke out his place. It's more like, no, I'm a very rich guy who's very famous and I still have <laughs> insane problems. Well, he's definitely gone from protagonist in the early seasons, you know, the the guy that things happen to him, like you guys said, to like the antagonist or definitely an anti-hero. I mean, think about what season two, Greg, the uh, the crazed doctor, stay out of the sun. <laughs> uh, like these these wacky, yeah. the, 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 his doctor had escaped from a mental institution and yeah, now but... <laughs> he's playing around yelling at everybody. Yeah, but also like, 
he also has i'm not i'm not trying to like overanalyze his arc here because like he's been an instigator since like not from day one but after maybe the first season he was clearly like in the driver's seat of causing all these problems because like freak book i just watched i think that might be like season <laughs> either it's somewhere between like four and six and it's like the freaks like that whole stupid arc is like he brings this horrible gift to ted danson's place so he can read it and laugh with jeff you know what i mean like right at, at some point it's like he's also just a huge asshole <laughs> it's it's very funny. well in this season the what, two episodes ago he had a great line with seth rogan where it's like what so you're you're a smart guy acting stupid so people will like you and he's like yes you're a smart you're, you're a nice guy that acts like an asshole so no one will like you yes. <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's like such a good like, line like you summed up the entire series so succinctly like 11 seasons in. <laughs> I, do, uh, what do you guys think? Because I was surprised. I thought we were going to get a lot more Larry during the pandemic. And that was something we were like, oh, I just would, I wonder what Larry would be like. And they touch on it just a little bit with the fake funeral. And then he just basically like, fuck it. I, I don't want to play that game. Like, I don't want to feed that. I love dog. that they did that. So smart. I mean, that mm -hmm. pandemic shit is going to look so dated. I mean, it already looks dated. And I thought the way it was like, all right, Albert Brooks is a COVID hoarder. First of all, like COVID hoarder. I, it was a his take on it. I thought was really interesting and unique, and so past the like, oh, toilet paper sold out everywhere. It's like, I just thought it was a really smart take on it. And yeah, the fact that they just like moved on, that, yeah. so we don't have to think about it. Like, yeah, you kind of wallowing in his selfishness, right? He's like, he's very self centered with the whole funeral in the first place, and how ridiculous it is. And Larry's just, and then it's like, oh, okay, and of course type of a well this is we were we were debating this during pandemic like when, when shows come back is everyone all these characters gonna be wearing masks is it gonna be covid world and nobody wants to see that this is escapism yeah i mean maybe maybe in 20 years somebody will write a really good movie or something but right now it's like a total drag like i just watched the sunny in philadelphia premiere it's like that's my favorite show and they i don't know if you guys saw it yet but like i it have not covers it covers all of 2020 and it just has this like, uh-huh, cool. Like they got it kind of clever, like setup and execution, but just the whole memory of it. It's like, it's too, it's too recent. And also not like some, you know, you think of like so many movies are made after like world war two. It's like, Oh, everybody loves telling the story of kicking Hitler's ass. And like all these <laughs> badass Americans who drop in and the British and all these bastards. Yeah, 15 15 Fist McCluskey. McCluskey. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like that, that to me is like this awesome, heroic, incredibly stressful, but like all the relief that comes from like, Hey, we won the war. And of course you want to talk about that culturally forever. This feels completely different. It's like, I do not want to talk about this fucking virus for another five. I'm pissed off. I'm talking about it now. Like it's yeah, not, sorry. none of it is like fun. Damn. So I, it, the more, the, the less, the better. Exactly. Yeah. So they, they gave you a little slice and that's yeah, COVID hoarding. And it, the second they come out, you're like, man, that's, an, that's a, that's a, tired bit i but when they wrote it i, I mean or in the it's almost like when you get a bad suggestion in improv and you think you want it but you really don't two like gays pooping. two gays pooping or something <laughs> you know, everybody like, wanted okay. it and nobody wanted it no one wanted it yeah but everybody wanted it until nobody wanted it do you guys uh, have any favorite bits so far yeah yeah let's chart the laughs what's working what's the better episodes um uh, bob i knew that you were you're a huge fan of what was it the watermelon episode where you love the, the cavelta fish 
Kvelta fish bit. Yes, that... yes, I eat Kvelta fish. Yes! And he loves watermelon. This euphoria of being able to celebrate your yes, I eat fish. stereotypes. I, I, I loved that one. You know, one that one of the observations that's already come into my life is being talented at being at the middle of a dinner party. Great middle. Yeah. We were we were getting ready to sit down for Thanksgiving and some new people from outside the family were, were, were sitting in the middle. I was like, oh man, we're going to middle with, with the new people. Okay. And one other, my grandma actually like eyes lit up, like you, you saw the new curb episode, but <laughs> I, I love the idea of, of. Oh, you that, said that out loud. Yeah. Yeah. She, I said it. I was like, oh, we're gonna that, I was like, oh, people? I was like, who's, I didn't say these people, but I was like, oh, the middle, like who's middling here. Yeah. And, and my grandma, yes, ended me. But I, I thought that was really funny. Richard Kind and his shitty stories, and, and Larry has to <laughs> shut it down and bring Vince Vaughn in with him so that they could pass around the dialogue. Speaking Dude, of Vince funny. Vaughn, I, I think he makes a great Funkhauser replacement. <laughs> Funkhauser's yeah, it's, nephew. It's a weird. It's a weird. Not an uncanny valley. It's like all right, tall, weird dude, but not in the same vein of uh, the late Bob Einstein. But he, I, I was very skeptical, but he's he's totally pulling it off and is a different kind of like in a different aggression. way. Yeah, yeah, he's almost he's like a combination of Funkhauser and Danson, where it's like he, <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he kind of yeah. he kind of holds him to task, <laughs> like he yeah. won't give him his new. He's like, uh, give me give me the the two tone shirt. You you destroyed my favorite shirt. I get to I get your favorite shirt. You're not you having the two tone. Fucking Larry, you take my fucking favorite shirt. <laughs> you make a mess on it. You asshole. <laughs> <laughs> that the I just show always definitely think misses about what, what, yeah, I know, what Funkhauser so would say. Your cult is in the sink. See, that's that. What well, that's interesting that you know they'll they'll acknowledge COVID, but they they never acknowledge him actually passing away in real life. That to no, me was he's supposed to be in Europe or something, right? Yeah, yeah. I was. Did I miss that? Like, I I'm surprised because Richard Lewis has showed up already, and he was not supposed to be in the season because he. You know, since the first episode, he he's looked like he's on death's door. Which was so funny in that last episode where, where Larry die. laughing in his face. <laughs> Why don't you just die? <laughs> you, you know, like that was an improv. He's like, oh, oh, yeah. I, I think I might have taken this too far, but. <laughs> Let's keep like, it the show. Pull himself out of the hospital to drag himself to the set. And Larry's like, you should die. <laughs> Why don't you just, what are you going to die? But like I, I thought their little I, conversation was so great, the back and forth of but you know, you do you do way more things that, and ask me to come to than I do things to ask you to come to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like but their relationship has been so I mean Bob Einstein too, but like they've been such an integral part of the show that if Lewis were to croak tomorrow and they had another season coming up, I can't imagine they wouldn't use that somehow and at least acknowledge it. Because even even if they mentioned, you know he went on vacation or something. It's like, I missed that line completely. I'm just surprised that, I don't know. He's also not a super sentimental guy. So I can see him not wanting to like lean into something that's kind of sad to the audience, but. I wonder if Richard Lewis has okayed Larry to film his uh, impending uh, funeral for the show. Yeah. Or maybe uh, sold over the digital rights to his uh, image or something. Yeah. And some I can kid see. Playing him. Yeah. You can see the article that comes out where. Richard Lewis funeral has to be paused so Curb Your Enthusiasm <laughs> can film bit. <laughs> hey, Lady Gaga gets got to do it. Um, well, I, I I enjoyed the mini bar episode with the uh, oh Larry snacks. Yeah, Larry coming up with the the snacks like the 
wasabi peas. <laughs> I, I, I think that would be a great mini bar item, to be totally honest. I love I love wasabi peas. I thought he had some very unorthodox suggestions, but I appreciated the the I mean, if you guys ever you've been to a mini bar, it's like Pringles and uh expensive bottled water and a sprite. And then, I don't. Like, I don't touch the mini bar. I mean, you're paying up the ass for all that stuff. No, you, you got to get in some sort of so, rewards program where you get the credits at the hotel. Like you uh, use the credits they give you. It's all about the credit system. So I'm on Mash.com. They have them listed from best to worst. So bet worst. Or excuse me. They have them listed from worst to best here. The the mini bar items. See if you guys agree. Number eight, black licorice. Yeah, I love worst. licorice actually. I love licorice too, but, but terrible mini bar item. I agree. Number seven, black olives. Yeah, not a not a easy. I would put green olives in before black. Green olives. Olive, green olives is number six. <laughs> that was also hilarious. No one's eating black olives. So he Dried has two figs. different types of. <laughs> yeah, figs suck. Uh, that he's it's got, good for the uh, digestion. Here's the thing, though. Like this is all. This is already like a decent like charcuterie plate. Like all the stuff that should go with like some cheese and crackers. You know. Perfectly crisp Parmesan crisps. See. <laughs> Wasabi peas was number three. So yeah. wasabi peas is high on the list there. Uh, Tate's chocolate chip cookies. And then York peppermint patty was number one. Number one, York the peppermint. patty. The patty was his, like, that was his, he had to stay firm on the patty. Once you know, they wanted to take that out, he lost his mind. You know what, though? We're all from, uh, from Michigan. I can't tell you how many diners I've walked into. And there is just, at the checkout counter, the cash-only place, they've got the double mint gum, they've got the York peppermint patty, and they've got, like, the the lions club newsletter yeah. <laughs> with, the, with those mints at the, it's like the trio of mints the york peppermint patty is a solid the york peppermint patty is the king of the uh the take-home mint yeah yeah that actually is a good call i i would like to see some peppermint patties in a, in a mini bar i used to love the uh the andy's mint before go, or uh, after sex <clears throat> andy's mint no it's a i can't compete with that oh, yeah. <laughs> where do we go hayes <laughs> Uh, yeah, other bits I mean, that, that you guys like. Any other I want to back it up. I want to back up to the middling, um, because okay. I I also I was out a few weeks ago with some some work people and we had the same conversation because we'd all seen the episode. Uh, what I liked about the bit was I feel like the uh, the mini bar is a good example of like Larry thinking he's good at something and he's not. Yeah, and he gets mad. <laughs> middling was like legitimately. Usually he has ideas that in theory are good but don't work in society. The middling was like you've called something out that he is actually very good at. Yes. And everybody acknowledges that he's good at it, which I think Especially is very Susie. rare. I love yeah, like yeah. when him and Susie are on the same page, that's kind of fun <laughs> to break up, you know, the because you the get rate. used to that rhythm, right? Fuck you, yeah, Larry. Fuck that piece of shit, Larry. Get out of here. You ruined everything. Yeah, right. the fact that he's he actually is is helping her in that, and you get to watch that piece. Yeah. and then he when he's got a favor in hand with Susie, oh, I, yeah. I mean, <laughs> next episode he calls it in. <laughs> I I love the thought process of a. Uh, I guess I have to get this Klansman's robe cleaned. Oh, the, I'm gonna take it to a Jewish dry cleaner. Uh, just not anticipating the 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 barriers, and then to call in a favor or golfing with the the rabbi. He's gonna have her knit from scratch a Klansman yeah. robe. <laughs> it's such a big. I loved her reaction to. That. Yeah, the rabbi. His, but... his lead into that was so good. Uh, what man? What 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 sort of man? A clansman? A clansman. A clansman. <laughs> <laughs> There's been some dark shit that's happened in this season, though. The dog the dog gets hit. Angel mm -hmm. Angel Floofy or whatever his name was. 
Angel Muffin. Angel, Angel Muffin. Muffin. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that like that. I don't know. You, you start venturing into animal injury or death. It's really well, hard. A guy dies. What are you in talking about? What about? Remember the rat dog episode where he had a uh, Chris Farley's brother? <laughs> You're stomping a dog. A You're stomping a dog. <laughs> he like <laughs> obliterated a dog in like season six. <laughs> it's a staple. <laughs> That's got to be an all-timer, that episode. Oh, it's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> I totally forgot about it. It's, like, yeah, it's your training. I'd do it again, yeah. Yeah, I died. <sighs> You're stomping a dog. I'd, I'd love I'd love to go. You don't want to go to a children's production of Grease. I'd, I, I, I would I'd love, love to go. To I, go. Love, I love the play. I, 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 I would love to go. Oh, yeah. Yes. He, Larry's relationships with his contractors <laughs> are so good. Oh, you know what? Oh, the Talk roof. About, that's the roof, man. What a... First of all, hard to see a lot of shows getting away with producing a bit about a fat guy in a roof maybe so fat that he like ruins the structural integrity of the roof. Like, oh, and I was laughing and I'm like, they're not doing this, are they? <laughs> oh man. But yes, his relationship with like the working man is that always- casting director on that show must be so uncomfortable. <laughs> She's got to cast an ugly fat woman fat men just ugly politician i mean i mean the fact that they got tracy was it tracy, tracy Ullman? Ullman. Yeah, yeah yeah i mean that's that that's the way to do that a character actor to put to, to put on some yeah, makeup be, that's kind of, like an amy sedaris type like she yes. wants yeah. to be hideous you know exactly mm -hmm. but but for the most part they straight up find schlubs uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean there is that there is that uh i knew a guy who was part of a um he made a fortune as a commercial and like background actor, because he was part of a ugly person casting agency. Like there is a whole thing of like, we need unusual looking people for these goblin roles. And it's like, sure, I mean, okay. And you know, it's not necessarily how I would want to live, but you know, it pays yeah. the bills, I suppose. Oh, it does pay the bills. So you are part of the ugly uh, casting? Agency? No, I'm telling you, I know this because of somebody else. It's not because I am hideous like you monsters. <laughs> Oh, that bombshell, Greg, ugly actor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 thanks for having me on. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, just a lot of highs. I, I think it's a, a solid, like solid bat batting average for this season. Solid uh, like, batting average. Here's the thing. I think they've gotten much worse at sticking the landing. Okay. Tell me. More. I feel like episodes. Episode? I feel like the episode just kind of <laughs> concludes. In the first, in the earlier seasons, there is a sense of like, all oh, right, it's all coming together. It all pays off. This last one with Tracy Ullman, it's like they all find out, and then they all just like go towards Larry for two minutes, and then it's just kind of over. Like That'd I feel like good. it does. The, the episodes are well constructed, and they just kind of like are over. There's not um, enough. Um what threads that come together at once. No, like, like they don't end, they don't end on like a laugh or a solid like out. Right. It's just kind of like, and it's over. Like that the is- The irony isn't sharp enough to make you giggle at it. Yeah, the only one I really giggled at was the uh, the Albert Brooks one where they're both like watching the theme song to the show. I was like, this is very silly and very fun. Uh, but yeah. again, that had nothing to do with the story. It was just like, all right, I guess we're friends still. All right. good <laughs> we're watching the, the theme music. It's very- very funny that's a good a good point about the that voting reveal though where it's like everyone finds out that you didn't vote and then uh, they're all yelling at him it's kind of exactly like um if you remember when uh, he he's in the bathroom and he's he's cut the hair off that girl's doll mm -hmm. and then she runs out and says mommy mommy there's a man in the bathroom and there's something <laughs> hard in his pants and then he 
he has to climb out of the, the window yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, the, of the house. Yeah, and, and that's and, and then, then it's over. Yeah, yeah, but and that's a funny way to end the show. Whereas opposed to very similar awkward situation, where everyone's just encroaching on him, and then he, yeah, the camera gets closer, and then he kind of like sneaks out, and then it's like credits. Yeah. yeah. What do you guys think about the through lines that we've had so far? The running, the running bit. So you've got the young Larry, you've got Mary Ferguson. What else do we have? The young Larry stuff. I, I don't know if I'm on board because I mean, it's the most cringeworthy element of the show where like this awful actress. Uh, I, I don't know if it's getting any laughs from me. Yeah, Maybe, it's I, I mean, just watching I mean, a bad actress act and you just you feel bad just, for Larry. Yeah, it's not even just like a bad actress. It's like a, a good actress playing what they think a bad actress is because it is so bad. It defies logic. Like I can't imagine someone would be we've all we're all actors we've been actors we've worked with bad actors i've never worked with somebody so bad where they change their accent every other line or something or like yeah. completely change their character it's just so it's so preposterous that they would all still be like well it's his show all right i guess we're using her like it, it, it's, it was it's a pretty a good bit far. where uh um she's getting the acting coaching yeah and cheryl is going i'm supposed to be your mother like, why are you seducing me right now? And just just her trying to work through the logic. It, it reminded me a lot, back to Seth Rogen, of Seth Rogen trying to reason with Tommy Wiseau in The Disaster Artist. And he's like, you wrote these lines. Oh, yeah. Like, you wrote this. Walk me through why <laughs> you feel this way when you read the, read the lines. You know, it's, I did kind of like that. I wasn't laughing, but I was, I was just intrigued, I guess. How do you guys feel about... Um like the the world of Larry David Kirby enthusiasm like the the staple actors all have the rhythm down and they can improvise and the, but when you bring in the new characters and they're trying to match Larry's energy or or I mean Seth Rogen did okay but like the, these young Larry actors like right, I, I feel sense. like they always get their asses kicked when they're trying to match uh get get onto his level in terms of the neuroses yeah. I will say I thought I think was it John Rodinsky who did, who was last week the the young actor who was playing playing the the new guy playing the young Larry I didn't recognize him I think he was the yeah. guy who was on SNL for like one season and got kicked he had a really I I think it was him he had a really the good guy got um, his penis cut off in uh, Saw Two <laughs> no that's Roger no you're Hart. thinking of the star of uh, Broadway oh, uh, right. Broadway's <laughs> biggest star um anyway he he I liked the character of. First of all, I thought the sexual abuse survivor bit was very funny. I thought, like, mm -hmm. the fact that, like, super hot Italian woman, he got paid a bunch of money is, like, great premise. <laughs> and then for him to be like, I want to put myself in this character's shoes. I don't think he'd wear these glasses. I don't think he'd use this mug. I think that's sort of, I haven't seen that kind of satire from the show with, with regard to actors. I thought that was a really smart, uh, different angle Uh to, to go, and he was—he seemed like the—he didn't seem like he was trying to be on Larry's level. I thought he acted that part well. Okay. Um, but the, yeah, but I think he could people, hang. I'm sorry. Yeah, I guess I guess he did kind of hang in the scenes. Now that I'm maybe thinking about it more, but uh, it was almost—you got a, a twinge of uh, a Jason Alexander in there. Yeah, because because the person who I thought didn't mm. do a good job was Josh Gad as the, uh, the guy with the underwear, also yeah. a great bit. I thought the underwear was hilarious and writing the letter and all that, but I thought he came on real hard when he was like trying to <laughs> suss out like, you know, when they were, were talking about it, he was trying to match Larry's energy, I thought, or at least his cadence, and it felt yeah. really uh, 
Yeah, I mean, it's a it, it's a solid season. I think la- last season obviously has the uh, the spite store, you know, headline. I think people will remember that one. Uh, great line in terms of uh, Latte Larry's. Uh, there isn't really a Latte Larry's of the season. I mean, you, you've got Young Larry, but it's. Uh, I mean, well, I think there's there's a payoff coming. I mean, we're so what hmm. we're like what halfway through the season. Like I think with whatever he's doing, dating um, or trying to date this uh, con- councilwoman. I think there is something where he's going to try to get the law revoked with the pool so uh-huh. that he ends up, you know, you not having a Cassis woman or something. So I, I didn't know where any of these stories were going. It was like, if that's, end up, if that's the payoff, that's pretty clever and pretty, pretty appropriate for the show. But I, I was weirded out when going. he was got to fuck Lucy Lou. I was like, really <laughs> a good pull for Larry. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, he he's was always dating women half his age or way out of his I mean, this is just Hollywood, but is there a league? I mean, when, when you, the creative Seinfeld is what league is out of your league? Um, League of extraordinary gentlemen. (laughs) That's certainly him. Um, Yeah. I I, definitely a solid, I I would love to see where they go with that. Um, I, yeah, I I don't know. Not, not a whole lot of stinkers. It's, it's uh, maybe not reaching the highs. Consistent. Yeah. That's what I guess I'm saying. It reminds me more of Fatwa than it does spite store. Because uh-huh. we're, we're creating a project, like when mm. he's trying to do a project, there's there's always that through line, and you know inevitably it's going to fail. Except for I guess when he was in the Broadway show, he that ended up being actually relatively successful. Ironically, so, I loved that, like yeah. totally turning on its head the producers. Producers, where he's like, "I'll cast Larry David. This is sure to fail," and. Uh, it just there's so many levels to that it's uh, producers within the producers within the producers mm-hmm. within curb i thought that was brilliant i, I love that yeah. um yeah and obviously the seinfeld season is probably still my favorite just because it's yeah. an unofficial yeah, that one's the best one uh which is just so cool in itself and the, we'll the table read episode of that season is probably my number one favorite hmm. i laughed so hard that table read so good greg real quick before we sign out here have you been watching Succession? How have you been feeling about the Succession season so I'm far? I'm loving it, man. I work I work at a media company, and I hear all the time people complain, this season's going nowhere, nothing's happening. It's like, what are you talking about? Like, I think this Every is- Every episode, the, I'm like, what the fuck? I, I think the character, I mean, part of it is, you know, because of the virus, they can only shoot in so many places. Like, I would like to see the equivalent of a play where the siblings are all stuck in a bedroom, their childhood bed or their kid's bedroom or something squabbling for 40 minutes so you know what i mean like i love mm-hmm. watching that and i don't know how it's going to end but it's it's been yeah, it's called uh, king lear ah, king lear <clears throat> i think that's what succession's based off of actually i um mm. i'm not a huge fan I, I mean i think i'm a few episodes behind i think i might be in the camp that uh that you're referenced to greg where yeah this this season is just reminds me too much of season one where everyone's vying for the throne and they keep like uh, maybe, yeah, you give it a shot. No, I'm just kidding. I don't like you. I don't, it's just, it's, it's a lot of like, oh, now Shiv is in charge and it's just all these, this back, it's everything's coming in circles and everyone's just trying to be the top guy, but they're all failing at it. And every, there's all these just broken promises that just keep going and going in circles. I don't know. I'm not, uh, I love season two because I think we really built to a crescendo and finally had this bombshell moment. I was like, oh, yeah, like there's actually like Kendall is that that's the arc I care about. Like something's really going to happen now. And now it's nothing is really happening yet. It's just it's everyone's just uh, hiding behind their lawyers. I don't know. Yeah, I would say that it seems as though 
that that's actually to me the success of season three it's that somebody finally broke out of dad's orbit and through all these machinations of like who's going to who might take over is it going to be shiv is going to be tom is going to fall on the sword so he can maybe come back or whatever nobody can survive without logan, without logan. you know what i mean yeah. so it's like they he tried and it he tried his best he tried to get everybody on the side and just they cannot get away from him and mm-hmm. of course the company will collapse once he dies like i think yeah watching them struggle to maybe to not even realize that i think they don't all realize like they're totally boned they all think they were they're so great yeah uh, a great I, I guess Go it's ahead, so, no just real quick because it's like such dry humor that i think i forget that it, it, it's supposed to be parody and i think i get i think i lose that sometimes when i'm watching the show it's like i don't like these characters they're the murdochs i don't like being with them but it is it is kind of brilliant when you know he he has a brief you know moment of lapse in mental capacity and then they're all running with their they're like chicken head cup. Yeah. completely unraveled and i i think that's what i like about this season is ken had this high horse and this moral high ground that he was taking and he gets gut checked in the last episode the most recent episode about how he actually has been supported and and how logan's been cleaning up his shit with the death of the waiter in season one and with all these with all these elements in his life and it's like you think i'm fucking a bad person like you've been rolling in the blood money with me basically yeah. and it's like it's been it, and then and then him watching him realize that and, and then unravel more I, I i think it's still compelling i i hear what you're saying where you, you do want to kind of see where it's going and season two ended on such a high note i want to see I, the fallout sooner i want to see like people in court answering for these you know the this atom bomb that uh you know tom and what's what's that guy's name craig Greg. fucking craig yeah. you can't make a tom without some scrambled gregs yeah i want to like this 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 um smoking gun like let's let's get it out there i don't know no i, I that's to me the reality of it it's like you some you can have some whistleblower come out and nobody gives a shit and they can call the president I, first, first of all i love the bit of the raisin i think this guy the raisin <laughs> is so funny uh but like I, I that's to me huge company in a ton of potential legal jeopardy has the right connections to sweep it all under the rug and it doesn't matter and they're just a bunch of rich people trying to figure out how to hold on to their power like that's incredibly i don't know resonant with me and truthful well yeah it's very apt i guess i, I was hoping for maybe some real life um uh I, i'm blank on the word but uh schadenfreude i guess sure. uh just i want to see some bad people go down even in a fake show and it doesn't even happen uh because it, it's not happening in real life you know what i mean these people get away scot-free with mm-hmm. with anything but yeah i don't know maybe i was just uh projecting oh, yeah, this guy's coming through the Mueller report over here <laughs> <laughs> what's in his computer the files hunter biden's computer um well cool i mean we'll thanks for coming there. on the podcast greg it's uh, always a pleasure and uh any any dice clay we want to uh, briefly touch on oh my god i mean i yeah, what's your opinion of season two can you can you imagine if we were doing that same format but with his like cameos i still can't get the image of him like recording these things in his like wherever he lives all these like vhs tapes in the background and he's dressed like Carmen Sandiego. He's wearing that like terrible red floppy hat and a match. It's like, 
Who is who is this man? Bob, you still following Dice on uh, Instagram? I think I gave him an unfollow because yeah. it was unbearable, even for super fan. Yeah, it's uh... unbearable. Just him working out. Who cares? Um, uh, and then he'll pop up with the blue Valentine and he'll be like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I would like to see the uh, milkshake and the crew back for let's give it another go around. Speaking of Adrian Brody, who is in Dice, uh, also in Succession, um, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, get Brody on the pod to talk about his uh, role in Succession, and then yeah. more importantly, his uh, his role on Dice. What's it like to play Dice? <laughs> Who's it like to pl- be on Dice, but then also try to impersonate him on the show? <laughs> Make no mention of his Oscar-winning performance in The Pianist. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Uh, all right, we're down to less than a minute, guys. Um, 200th episode in the can. In the Happy can. 200. Congrats, hey. guys. 200. That's a, that's a lot of time. Thanks, Greg. <laughs> yep. uh, do you, do you want to play us out with a, a Dice Clay bit or um, uh, uh, O.J. Simpson? What do you think about uh, O.J. Simpson? You know, actually, for, for, the, for anybody who knows me, uh, the podcast is coming back uh, very soon. Hey. So, uh, O.J. All Simpson right. Twitter update. Get ready. It'll, I've, got, I've got interviews in the can. It's just a matter of uh With O.J.? Does he admit no. that he's a murderer? <laughs> Not quite, but that's that's the white whale. <laughs> All right, everybody. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button. Wash your hands. Stay safe. Greg, we're going to see you down the road. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.